very special episode of the Press Gallery podcast. It is late at night, Monday night here, October 16, 2017, and the municipal elections are wrapping up here in the Edmonton Journal studio with me. I have David Staples. Hey, Emma. How are you? I'm good. Still awake? I am wide awake. I've had like 10 coffee lace chocolate brownies that Lauren Gunter brought in. Oh, so you, so you can't trust the Lauren Gunter. <laughs> can t- I could talk rapidly until 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Paula Simons. How are you, Paula? I usually say good day, but it's actually the middle of the night, so it, it doesn't seem appropriate. <laughs> right on. So this is just a, a quick and dirty version of the podcast that we thought we'd keep all you political nerds up to date with what's been happening here in Edmonton. And by nerds, I mean that and say that lovingly. Let's start off uh, with the mayoral race here in Edmonton it wasn't really much of a race was it David? It was not there was 13 people in the race but there was only really one person who was qualified to be mayor and that's Don Iveson there was no strong challenger would have been interesting if there was I think someone made a mistake if you wanted to be mayor next time around when Don's probably not going to run this would have been a good time to run but that didn't happen so he won 72 73 percent of the vote as opposed to I had 75 percent of the pool so I had 69 uh, so he, he got 10% more than last time, and that uh, is uh, shows that he's a very he's a popular right. mayor. I'm not surprised he did so well, but I don't think it really says that much because there was just no one running against him, and I don't think it says Don has, like most mayors, he has an agenda. Mayors should have an agenda, mm. and I still think there's a, a ton of questions that came up about his agenda during this election, and we saw that play out in a number of races where we saw very cranky voters uh, going in all kinds of different directions, often against incumbents. Uh, and we'll see how this next council um, proceeds with things like LRT, mm. social housing, mm. uh, photo radar issues like that, where where uh, Don, uh, where support is split right down the middle in the city. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he had a cakewalk to victory tonight. I mean, his nearest challenger was Don Koziak, who had 6.8% of the vote at the time. It, I would just like to say it is 11.05 and we still don't have final results, but we are doing better than Calgary, who have barely any <laughs> results at all. The Calgary oh, voting system Calgary. appears to have just like had some kind of nervous collapse and shriveled up into a ball in the field uh, position. But you know, I as, feel so sorry for our colleagues at the Calgary Herald right now, I'll tell you what. Oh my gosh. But uh, and what I can tell you, it's circa 11.05 with 247, uh, 245 stations reporting, Henry Mack, the mysterious candidate, has almost 1,500 votes. So I can only, I mean, 1,500 people got up in Edmonton this morning and decided to vote for a guy who never came to any of the forums and about whom there was actually some doubt that he existed (laughs) until I, until I proved his existence in in a wonderful (laughs) bit of Cartesian logic. But, um, but yeah, so I think that... (laughs) His agent, Harry Henry Lamb, was a no, very impressive no, George, man. George, George, oh, George Lamb. Lamb. George Lamb. Not Henry Mack and George Lamb. Not yeah. to be confused with one another. He was the chance gardener of the <laughs> civic election. <laughs> and... Uh, he impressed the hell out of me with his wisdom. So, yeah, so it was a very odd race. I think a lot of people who didn't want to vote for Don Iveson mm. either just stayed home or cast protest ballots for very odd fringe candidates. I have a very funny story about the mayoral vote here. Um, my husband, Yuri Graney, who is also a reporter here at the Journal, uh, on our way into the office, we stopped at some polling stations to go and, you know, chat with some voters. And uh, Yuri went up to uh, take a photo of little, you know, the sign to tweet it out. And a man who was in the polling station came out and saw Yuri taking a photo. He said, oh, excuse me, who's the current mayor? And Yuri said, "Uh, Don Iveson. He went, oh, thank you. And he went back inside to vote. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think you just met Mr. Mack right there. <laughs> well, it's good to know that the Edmonton Journal is providing readers with this kind of individualized, interactive response to their questions. Classic. I thought that was great. Someone who doesn't know who the mayor is, and yet they took the time to go and vote. Good on them. Uh, so you talked a little bit earlier about cranky voters. Dave, can you uh, expand a little bit on what you mean there? Well, we had, it looks like we've had an incumbent bumped off. I mean, this hardly ever happens. Mm. So Dave Loken looks like he's lost to John Zydek. Yes. And I we mean, almost I, I would had just another. Like, Go yeah, ahead. What are I the results, like, Paula? So at 11.07, with 18 out of 19 stations reporting, John Zydek is up. He's got 29.39% of the vote to Dave Loken's 25.67%. Now, by the That's time you're... three. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this... You know, I suppose it is technically possible that Logan could pull this off still, but this looks like the upset of the night. Mm. And Chris Andrechuk almost beat Tony Caterita. So on the north side, there was some real dissatisfaction. And what uh, Zydek ran on a campaign that the north side has been overlooked. Downtown is getting too much money. There's uh, big problems with major projects. Mm. Uh, and we should go with buses, not LRT. So a really uh, strong kind of, you know, the, the mayor is pushing LRT. Uh, he's generally been been in favor of a little bit more spending uh, to get things done in the city. And here's here's someone on the north side saying, no, no, no. So, and, and he beat Dave Loken. So that's a very strong message. Loken was a strong Iveson loyalist. On mm. most issues, he voted with the mayor. I was speaking with um, Bev Esslinger, who's the incumbent for Ward 2, who also won her seat again this evening. And I asked her earlier on this evening, is anything surprising you? And that's what she pointed out. She said, you know, I was seeing some of the polls around Katarina. Maybe, maybe he wasn't going to get in there. But Loken and Ward 3, it's shocked the pants off her. I'm paraphrasing. She didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that seemed to come out of left field. I don't... It, you, it did. Was anyone expecting no. this? I didn't we, see we it on heard, the uh, Journal. We um, heard rumors about... Uh, Andrew Chuck may be beating Katarina. Mm. And we heard about a tight uh, race in the West End with Sarah Hamilton and David Zhao, which didn't materialize. Sarah, Sarah Hamilton walked all over that race. I didn't hear any talk, although Loken uh, almost lost last time to, I think it was David Dodge. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, in, in that case, it was a, a much more progressive candidate yes. than Loken. I mean, so that's the thing. I don't know that you can just say. You can't break this down into left and right, because I don't think Chris Andrechuk is necessarily further to the right of Tony Katarina. Uh, far from it. So, you know, uh, there seems to be a lot of free-floating... Uh, angst isn't the right word for it, but p- crabbiness. Uh, and, and people, it doesn't seem to be like a left-wing revolt or a right-wing revolt. It's just a, a throw-the-bums-out kind of and, and I think that's fair to say. And, uh, but what I would say about Don's agenda is, uh, as mayor, is that it's not – I mean, it's it's a bit all over the place. I mean, when, when you're in favor of busting up the cab industry and bringing in ride-sharing, that's that's like quite a f- radical free enterprise stance. When you're in favor of lot-sharing, which gives all this power to homeowners to subdivide their lots, that's kind of a radical free enterprise move. So Don, in, in, he wants to reshape the city. He has certain ideas, but they kind of – on a certain level, they transcend. I mean, he's generally left of center, but he transcends those kind of labels in a lot of ways, in a, in a very interesting way. But I and I think he pushes pretty hard for what he wants. And I and I would say that I believe at least there has been that what the commonality is a bit of pushback against some of the things that have been happening. Certainly in the West End, Paula. I know that you support the LRT. I I I am grieved that the support of the LRT is dropping. But what Sarah Hamilton said was, you know, she's hearing a lot of commuters who are really unhappy about LRT. They want BRT. She said that during the campaign, and she 
uh, wanted handily. So Now, another thing here, though, um, and grumpy voters, but we've only got 30.9% turnout. Yeah, that's not so a, that's, that's not a final number again because no. not all the not all the things have reported. But yeah, we're going to be in the low thirties. That's better than I had uh, thought it was going to be. I thought it might, without a strong mayor's race, I thought it was going to be uh, maybe twenty seven, twenty six. I think that's. I think I picked twenty five percent in the office pool. Yeah, yeah the office so, pool. So <laughs> it was a little bit better than expected because, and perhaps it speaks to people wanting to get out there and and you know grump away at the polls a, a bit. But uh, it's funny because uh, Yuri and I were talking in Australia. Of course, we have you have to vote, and it's a twenty dollar fine if you don't. Oh, big money! But um. Yeah, I think the lowest turnout in Brisbane was something like 89%, and that was uh, that was last year or the year before or something like that. Oh, we've just got our education reporter, Janet hey. French, has jumped into the studio to have a really quick chat Literally with us. Literally leaping through the air. Actually, yeah. Actual leaping. Um, briefly about school board. Were about there any? Them. Was what was the big surprise out of the school okay, board? Okay, we had two tonight? upsets tonight. Ooh, um, two. First on the Catholic school board, Marilyn Bergstra, who served ten years on that board, three terms, was um, really one of the last sort of progressive voices. Uh, she was. It looks like she's defeated. She can't catch up anymore uh by lisa turchansky in ward 76 that's in southwest edmonton yep. southwest <laughs> southwest edmonton it's late uh and uh lisa is a mom and a deputy mayor of a small summer village and um and much more interested in defending her faith to get to yeah get. so uh so we'll we'll see how that goes um haven't had a chance to connect with marilyn yet but lisa is very excited yep and optimistic and the other big upset is in ward c in edmonton public schools uh orville chubb mm-hmm. who was a proponent of you know public funding going to private schools and um had uh, some people seem to have some questions about his positions on gay straight alliances and inclusivity for uh, lgbtq kids mm-hmm. um he was defeated by Sheila Dunn, who yeah. is a, an educational psychologist who did some of her research on school bullying. Really? Yeah. So two big upsets. Were you expecting either of, the, either of those or are they true upsets? Um, the thing about school board is there is no polling. It's all based on what I'm hearing on the street. Right. Okay. And I, I knew that Bergstra was vulnerable. I knew that some of the things that Orville said in the campaign also made him vulnerable, depending on who turned out to vote. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd say uh, that I'm not absolutely shocked. No, I mean, when with Orville Chubb, I mean, he was he was trounced uh, with uh, all of the stations reporting. Sheila Dunn had basically forty six percent of the vote to his eighteen percent. That's a huge margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the race between Bergstra and Turchansky was closer, with thirty four out of thirty five stations reporting. Lisa Turchansky had basically 54% to Marilyn Bergstra's 42%. So that's a much that's a much closer race. What's interesting though is if you think of, you think about the optics of this, uh, not the optics, the realities of this is that Bergstra, a progressive on LBGQ2 LGBTQT issues went down to defeat to Turchansky um who who insists that she's not anti-gay, but who wouldn't, you know, sort of take the take the pledge that uh, the um, the gay education activist Chris Wells had out to for candidates to sort of uh, 
plight their troth to gay straight alliances and, yeah, was, and trans rights. Support our students pledge. It was actually that parent group out of Calgary, the, the SOS pledge that they had organized. A, not very many Catholic school trustees would sign it. And they said it's not because that they didn't agree with gay rights, that they were, you know, gay rights supporters, but because SOS believes in a lack of school choice and mm -hmm. they're not necessarily um, big supporters of the Catholic school system. Right. So, so Turchansky is maybe not as progressive on gay rights, maybe as uh, as Bergstra. Certainly, uh, she positioned herself that way. Conversely, uh, it's the other way around in the public board, where in this case, the candidate who was less strong on on gay rights. I mean, Chubb during the election campaign said, "Well, you know, he he doesn't think the board should consider trans rights until they've dealt with the rights of all other disabled children." So that didn't play very well. And as I say, he, he got thumped handily. Yeah. And I just got off the phone with Michael Jans as well, who also had a very commanding win in Ward F in the mm -hmm. public school board. And he said, like, this isn't a victory for any one particular candidate, but more, um, you know, a collection of people who, who made progressive policy on the board and they're being, they're, uh, you know, the public appreciates that. If Turchansky went against SOS, I'm going to say good for her. SOS is the group that said equated school choice to neo-Nazism, saying it leads to division and segregation. So I think they're out to lunch. Now, they might have it right on other issues, but, you know, uh, they certainly have it wrong on that one. Yeah, David and I are team school choice. And we have also been joined by Lee Stolte, who is our City Hall reporter. Hello. Hi. You couldn't be here at the beginning because, of course, you were filing to deadline. Very exciting. <laughs> it's late at night. Elise is making her press gallery debut. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about the mayoral race. Nah, there wasn't so much to say. Some things that happened on the north side, a few grumpy voters. Elise, what do you think? A few. A few grumpy voters. <laughs> is that how you see it, too? That's how I see it. That's a lot of grumpy voters, I'd say. Yeah. What's, yeah. your, what's your gut feeling about the outcome here? Is this what you're expecting from tonight? It's a very thoughtful look on Elisa's face right now. <laughs> I didn't get the chance to do a lot of in-depth reporting on the North Side because the way that we cover the, the elections, we divide it up, as you know, so that everybody in the newsroom yeah. has a different ward. So I didn't get to go to any of those forums. But definitely when you were watching the um, watching the social media play out, the two people we're seeing represent the North Side, Aaron Paquette and John Zydek, they both really pushed, mm. we need to invest in the North. We, we're investing too much. We're focusing too much on the downtown and the South Side. We need to pay attention to the North. John was the, like somebody mentioned to me, and I think I remember, John was the um, challenger who was taking pictures of all of the uh, basically urban decay on the north side like mm. with Bel Bomaris yeah, around Lake. Bomaris Lake he yeah. took those photos and you're right Paquette was that was also his message like we are forgotten you're spending too much money on downtown and spend some of that money out here yeah totally like I, I went through all his council sur all, all of his surveys in that um, survey we sent out to all the ward challengers and every single response it's almost I mean I was reading them all in in a in a line so it kind of got tedious for me because every time it was like <laughs> we need to prioritize the northeast and he capitalized northeast and put it as one word so i decapitalize it and separate it so <laughs> <laughs> that's you know spelling and grammar um but yeah it was that that was his constant refrain and i know i even heard at one point i was speaking with um 
former counselor at Gibbons about about the race, and um, he was kind of shocked by some of uh, Paquette's comments on a radio show that he caught where he was talking about how so often people from the Northeast have to drive to other quadrants of the city to access services and businesses, and to the point where Gibbons was taken aback by the comments, he felt like it was a bit of a slur against the businesses that were in the Northeast, but I, obviously, it's a message that resonated with voters yeah, or, I mean, or something. I, I just saw on Twitter this week that the Safeway at Abbotsfield Mall is pulling out there, which is, I, I think, going to create something of a food desert in that whole Abbotsfield area. Uh, now, I'm just I'm just updating. I mean, it sounds stupid because you're listening to this in the morning, so you already know this. Um, but, <laughs> but yes, at now at 11.19 p.m., uh, uh, John... Zydek has actually been officially declared the winner in mm-hmm. Ward 3 with Dave Loken going down, and that is not one. I did not pick that one in the pool. No, you're not going to win the um, the mighty wad of cash that Keith Duran has at his desk right now, Dave? So this uh, kind of north side uprising comes at a really interesting time because one of the big debates uh, coming before council is LRT money and where it's going to go next. Now, it's decided pretty much that it's probably gonna, the next line go to the west is going to get funding. But after that, the question is, should it go further south where most of the ridership is uh, towards the airport through those uh, rapidly growing areas? Or, as was always planned and kind of semi-promised and certainly expected, is it going to go up through Blatchford and to the north side? And there is a huge battle. Northwest to St. Albert. Yeah, northwest to St. And there is a huge battle. Uh, And we haven't really had a north-south ugliness in Edmonton for a long, long time. But we're going to... Oh, We're going to get that. It's coming. <laughs> we it's, already saw some of that. And each time coming. it would come at, but at um, committee, you would just see the tensions rise. And you'd see Iveson trying to kind of, you know, gently tiptoe and, and kind of get everybody to sort of play and at least move forward on it in some kind of agreement with some kind of principles. But it'll come. This is what I want to ask you about, Elise. Now, what you're seeing here in the results of, of the race and who's going to be sitting at the council table, what do you think this is going to look like for council? Like, do you think this council is going to be able to play well together? Or do you think there's going to be some folks who are really at loggerheads with one another? I don't think we know the personalities of the new people elected well enough to say that. But I do think it's interesting to see, we've talked so much about the Northeast, but on the South and the West, um, you have new conservative candidates. So you have Sarah Hamilton, who was former um, conservative staffer at the provincial level. And you have Tim Cartmel, an engineer who has quite a conservative perspective and has an endorsement from um, former MLA Dave Hancock. Um, now, it's interesting because they're replacing fairly conservative uh, councillors as well. Um, I think there was some concern with three councillors stepping away this year that you were losing a bit of that balance on council. Mm. But clearly we've seen that those suburban areas have again chosen their representatives. It's very consistent in terms of the values of the people that they're picking to represent them. Although I have to say, I mean, Sarah Hamilton is a conservative who worked for Stephen Mandel. And being endorsed by Dave Hancock doesn't exactly make you, you know, to the right of Attila the Hun. So they're 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 <laughs> no. they're, they're, they're Edmonton style progressive conservatives. A couple I think of the say. people running her campaign actually were former PC staffers, who yeah yeah. And I, and I think it is great. I mean, to say that in Aaron Paquette we have not our first Indigenous city councillor because that would have been uh, Dave Ward as he was known then, uh, who is Inuit. Uh, but it, Aaron Paquette... 1968. Yeah, it's a while ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so Aaron Paquette, I think, 
really interesting guy, an artist, a writer, um, has done really important work around reconciliation and the issue of how we bring together the the troubled threads of our past. You know, uh, you'll remember that um, in the Grandin subway station, there was this very controversial mural, which certainly wasn't controversial when it was painted, of happy nuns helping children. Uh, And then as people learned more and more about residential schools, it seemed very problematic. And Paquette, instead of saying, you know, let's get rid of it, uh, worked with the original artist, and they kind of came to an art installation that is a conversation about some of those issues. And I think, you know, that's the kind of perspective that we need going forward, not a, a blanking out of history, but somebody who has who has the creativity to say, okay, how do we draw on all the strengths of our community and, and build on that path to move forwards? I think we did very well, actually, with the four new people that we've elected. They all uh, were extremely well-versed on city issues and came across as reasonable uh, individuals. That said, these issues, uh, they start to get pretty darn heated when you're fighting tooth and nail for Mm -hmm. a project which is dearly and desperately wanted for your part of the city like the LRT. So as reasonable as they might be, I can see some pretty sharp divisions forming on council. Well, you know, I mean, Amarjeet Sohi, who was like the most courtly and gentle of city councillors, fought like tigers to get his LRT built. You know, there are ways of fighting and ways of fighting. There will be a honeymoon period, undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, last time out, there were interesting tensions right off the bat because you had this really interesting city council where Don Iveson was mayor and Mike Nickel, who'd been previously kicked off council by Iveson, you know, Iveson beat him. Uh, uh, that's one of the rare, other rare examples of an incumbent losing a seat. Mm-hmm. Nickel came back, won a different seat, and everybody sort of braced themselves to see what kind of, you know, smackdown that would be. And in the end, they worked together. I mean, they certainly didn't always agree, but they worked together, I think, with great collegiality, certainly more than I think most of us were expecting. So you never know. There will be a honeymoon grace period. Um, uh, we're down. I have to say our mic count is down, though. We had three Michaels on the last city council, and now we're down to two. So for the Michael representation, that's... Sad day. It's a sad day in Edmonton. Where I think got we've got a mic and a Michael, count. though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I do want to wrap it up. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining <laughs> me. That's where you want all the Yeah, <laughs> the mics. The mic- well, is there anything else more important than the mics, do you think, that we really need to mention? Well, I mean, it's. I guess we should add that as, as, we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, it, lo- <laughs> it looks like the head Nenshi. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, hung on to victory, which means that rats. What means my prediction's wrong. That's right. I just want <laughs> I just, I just to on the record that Dave was wrong. So, <laughs> oh, so that's why you wanted to end it that way, <laughs> guys. Um, Dave, Paula, Elise, and Janet, thank you guys so much for joining me for this very quick and dirty episode of the Press Gallery podcast, where we usually talk about provincial affairs and provincial politics, but today, municipal politics was the way to go. Um, Have a great night, eat some leftover pizza, and Press Gallery fans uh, who are probably getting this episode unexpectedly, hopefully you'll join us again on Friday when we do another provincial affairs version of the Press Gallery podcast. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.